entitled Flowing in Prophecy, Psalms, Hymns, and Spiritual Songs. And the reason I've, I've, I've referred to the Psalms, Hymns, and Spiritual Songs is because of some things that he says in places like Ephesians 5, I think it is, we'll look at that, where he talks about some translations say speaking to yourself, some translations say speaking to one another in Psalms, Hymns, and Spiritual Songs. So we're going to get there. Um, and, and what I want you to realize is these references are part of prophecy. When he says speaking to yourself or speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, he's not talking about the songs we already know. He's not talking about songs we, we, we've learned in the past. He's, he's, he's referring to the spirit of prophecy rising up on the inside and giving you what psalms refers to as a new song. So we're going to talk a little bit about this. And um, I, I, I'm, I'm doing it step by step, um, but part of why I'm doing it step by step is because I want our faith to grow in this area. So last time we looked at, we looked at the scripture which refers to when you come together, each of you has. Each of you has something. Amen? And, and, and a lot of those are verbal things. But what I tried to explain and what I said a bit last week is that it's not just referring to something you intellectually prepared in your own head. Now that's, you know, that's one way to do it. And I'm not, I'm not knocking when churches do that. Sometimes they have a, an order of service and they say, well, you know, this person will read this passage here and that takes up three minutes of the service. And this person will read a poem here and then we'll have a song. And then this person will come up and perform their hymn. You know, that's an order of service. And sometimes you've got to do that. But the passages in the Bible are not referring to that when it says each of you has something. It doesn't say you sat at home and you write a nice little poem. The, these, these are written in context of him talking about prophecy tongues, so, so, yeah, prophecy tongues and interpretation of songs and the manifestation of prophecy in a known tongue where the Spirit of God is, is giving you the words at that time. Amen. And so that's the context of the chapter. And you can speak words out of your head or you can speak words out of your spirit. And, and this is something that, that we need to learn to flow in more. You know, many times people, we've, we've trained a culture in many churches where people just come to church to receive. And, and, and everyone comes, sits passively, and then they preach that, like we're doing now. Now, that's not wrong in some contexts. Do you realize that's one type of service? And they had those types of services in the Bible. But they had those in the book of Acts, where, 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 they, where people were being preached at and taught. But that's not the only kind of service. We've become accustomed to, be, to that being the only kind of meeting where we just come and we sit and we receive what someone else is giving and, and, and stuff like that. But Paul talks about meetings where we're coming to bring something as well. It's not just to come to receive. We're each bringing in and contributing our part in. And a large amount of this happens through the prophetic and through the flow of the Holy Spirit. Now, I believe that there is a flow of the Holy Spirit or a move of the Holy Spirit that we're not tapping into a lot these days. And, and, and in years gone past, churches have seen it. But I, I think a lot of times our generation is missing out on some things that, that God wants to do in this area. Uh, in the area of the flow and the move of the Holy Spirit, which is why we need to learn how to operate in these things, which is why I'm teaching them step by step. Amen? How many of you want to learn how to flow more with the Holy Spirit? And, and, and I'll probably I might do some teaching at some point on the flow and the move of the Holy Spirit. The, the, mo the move of the Holy Spirit 
it's described like a river. And rivers can meander, water flows, and it can go one direction and then another direction. And, and you have to, you know, we have to learn how to recognize the flow of the Holy Spirit, where he's going at any particular moment, and flow with him. Because we can, you can become a, a rock that blocks the flow or stands in the way of the flow. Or, 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 or when God, the Holy Spirit's going one way and then the river meanders another way and you don't recognize it and you keep going the direction there and you end up, you're on the riverbank now. <laughs> you're out in the dry area because you didn't make the turn when he made the turn, yeah? So we have to learn how to flow with him. And, and, and that is this, is, this is a sensitivity each one of us needs to learn. It's part, of, it's part of it is connected to being led by the Holy Spirit. One of the benefits, Mike referred to this, one of the benefits of the new covenant is the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And <clears throat> we want to learn increased sensitivity to him. Because if you can learn to flow with him in a meeting like this, then you, you can learn how to flow with him when you're out on the streets and when you're out there and when, and, 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 and when you're amongst friends or family or you're just in a shop and the Holy Spirit says that woman in the next aisle, you know, and he begins to reveal something about it, go minister to her. And you become a vessel that will flow with him because you've become accustomed to flowing with him here in church. Yeah? So it's a training ground. And by flowing with him in our meetings, there's an incredible anointing and blessing that we can experience that's a different type of blessing to just come and sing known songs and sit and hear someone teach and receive and we passive, okay? There's different anointings. Do you realize that there's a healing anointing? And there's times in a meeting when a healing anointing will flow. And when, when there's a healing anointing, there, 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 there's particular things that happen in the area of healing. Do you realize that there's a teaching anointing? And there's, there's, in a sense, a, an evangelistic anointing, which can really reach out to, to, to the unsaved. Well, there's a prophetic anointing as well. And there's a flow. And each of those anointings bring a blessing to the people present. How many of you have been blessed and touched by anointings that have been present at times? I have. I've been in How many of you have been when there's been an anointing of joy? Or an anointing of praise? Or an anointing of reverence? Different flows of the Holy Spirit. And you see... Each of them bring a blessing, but if we don't learn how to flow with him and move with that river, we miss out on the blessing of many of those anointings. And if we just become limited to a rigid, rigid pre-planned service and only know how to sing pre-planned songs, we're going to miss out on a flow of the river of what he wants to do amongst us. So I haven't read the scripture yet, but when he talks about psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, these are not known songs. These are prophetic songs that are rising up on the inside of you. And some, they might not, not all be songs. Some of them are spoken. Some can, might have a poetic edge to it. But they're words spoken by inspired utterance. And the more I look in Scripture, the more I look in the New Testament, the more I'm convinced that every Christian can flow in these. And we'll talk about them in more detail. But someone said, well, you know, I don't have a very good singing voice, so I'm not going to sing spiritual songs. Don't worry. Don't worry. This isn't a recording studio. We're not putting the, re the recordings out there and going to go and sell all, the, all your, the, the CDs of your spiritual song, which was sang off tune. Don't panic, okay? Sometimes people don't want to step out into something because they feel their own inadequacies. And because of their own natural inadequacies, they won't step out in something. But you know what? I've discovered this. 
my inadequacies in an area, actually, if I will step out, I'm more likely to trust God to help me do it. Because if I think I'm the greatest singer since, since, since you know, since I don't know, I can't think of a singer's name right now, then, then I'm going to rely on my, my ability. But if I sit there and think, Lord, I can't do this, I can't sing, but there's a song rising up in my heart. And I can just feel the Holy Spirit rising up. And Lord, I'm going to just step out there and sing it. And I'm going to trust you with it. Then, then you're going to put your, your, the more dependent you are on him, the more likely you are to actually flow with his anointing. So don't, don't, don't feel, don't feel, you know, I don't, I'm not a good singer or I'm whatever. Just, we need to learn how to, how to let the song rise up in our heart. How to let the song rise up. In, someone says, well, I don't have a song in my heart. Bible says you do. Remember we read the verse? When you come together, every one of you has. In fact, let's, <clears throat> let's go to a couple of verses. And I've already gone off my notes. <laughs> so we'll go a different direction and we'll just see how it goes. Some of this is in parts of my notes. But I, I want to I look at, let's look at the, the verse in Ephesians 5 that I've referred to uh, as a starting point. And then we're going to go 1, 1 Corinthians 14. But let's just look at this verse because I've, been wanting to at least get to it. 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, sorry, Ephesians 5 first, and then we'll go to 1 Corinthians. Ephesians 5, verse um, 17. Uh, yeah, let's start in verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise. That's a good instruction, isn't it? Everyone there, Ephesians 5? God says, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do you, does everyone see that in your Bibles? Don't be unwise, but understand. And when you use the word but, you're contrasting two things, aren't you? He's con Some of you are looking like confused. Do, have you found the verse? Okay, all right. Do you see in Ephesians 5, 17, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What is he saying? He's saying it is not wise to not understand God's will. But he tells you, don't be unwise. In other words, what's he saying? It is wisdom to know God's will. Some people don't believe you can know God's will, but he tells you here, don't be unwise. In other words, he's saying, do not not know God's will. He says, make sure you know God's will. But then he follows, he, he follows through and he talks about something in a specific area. He says, and do not be drunk with wine. I don't want to go into the argument of should we, shouldn't we drink? Uh, that's for another time. Should Christians drink? Should they not? There's all kinds of arguments going around the church on that one. But that's not his point here is not to teach us about wine. His point here is to teach us about some things related to the Holy Spirit, really, in this verse. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, if you connect that to the previous phrase, do not be unwise, but understand the will of the Lord, you could say this. One of the things he's showing us is that it is God's will that we are filled with the Spirit. Again, different parts of the church believe different things. And some people say when you receive Jesus and become a Christian, you get all of the Holy Spirit that there is. I believe Acts shows that there is a second experience of receiving the Holy Spirit. or uh, we, It's used in different terms. I've got quite in-depth studies of this online. But, 
But in this verse, he's, he, he, really what he's referring to here, when he says be filled, he's not talking about a one-off event that happens at some point in your life, be filled with the Spirit. The, this is written in the original language in the continuous tense. Okay? In other words, it's describing not something that happened. Someone says, oh, yes, you know, 20 years ago I was filled with the Spirit. Do you realize just because you were filled with the Spirit of the Spirit 20 years ago doesn't mean you're filled with the Spirit now? Now, you might technically be a Spirit-filled Christian, but, but if you haven't maintained the experience of being filled, you can be dried up a little bit. Yeah? So this is written... In a continuous tense, in other words, be being filled. Have an ongoing experience of filling taking place. And we'll talk more about that in, 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 in another, another one of these sessions. But then he says this, be filled with the Spirit, verse 19, speaking. Does everyone see that in there? In their, be filled with the Spirit, doing what? Be filled with the Spirit? Speaking. Everyone's nodding at me. I'm trying to get you to speak. Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking. That's verbal, isn't it? This is called participation. <laughs> Yours says singing. Okay. But singing and speaking both come out of your mouth, don't you? They don't come out of your hair. You don't sing out of your hair. You don't sing out of your ear. You don't sing out of your nose. You sing out of your... And you speak out of your... So in other words, verbal, something verbal. Be filled with the Spirit speaking or be filled with the Spirit singing. It's amazing. You will find that kind of phrase repeated many times in Scripture. Remember on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, it says that when it talks about the rushing mighty wind, they had cloven tongues of fire. It says this, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to? Anyone know? They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to? Began to sit in silence. No, it doesn't say that. So they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to? Speak. <clears throat> now in that verse, it says began to speak in tongues. If you go through Acts and you look at the times they were filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll find repetitively, within a few phrases of each other, you'll find phrases where it says, Filled with the Spirit, speaking. Acts chapter 10 uses that fra phrasing when it talks about the Holy Spirit poured out in, the, in, in Cornelius' house. It says, it says it's, it, how did the Jews recognize that they had received the Holy Spirit? It says, uh, it says it, it, the Holy Spirit was poured out on them. It says, for, and that's a reason word, this is how they knew the Holy Spirit was poured out, for they heard them speak with tongues. And I think that one says, speak with tongues and magnify God. But, but it's verbal again, isn't it? Acts 19 says the same thing. And I think Acts 19, when Paul went to Ephesus, it says this, when he laid hands on them and prayed for them, <clears throat> and they it says they were filled with the Spirit and began to speak. And in Acts 19, it says, speak in tongues and prophesy. It says that. In there it says tongues and prophesy. But, but what's the point? What am I trying to show you? Whether it's in tongues or whether it's in a known language, one of the characteristics of being filled with the Spirit is, is what's coming out of your mouth. It's supposed to have an effect. 
and, and not in the sense of just cleaning up your language if you used to swear, okay, and that's a good thing, if you used to talk, but you know, not in just that sense, that's a good thing to happen, and God will work those kind of things in someone's life, but every one of the times when it refers in Scripture to someone being filled with the Spirit and something speaking, it's referring to some kind of inspired utterance that the Holy Spirit in them is having upon their words. In other words, one of the major effects of the Holy Spirit in our lives for every one of us is that it should, should have some, there should be some rising up and bubbling up of inspired words coming out of our mouths. One, one form of those words is speaking in tongues. The way, but don't limit it to that. That's one, and I believe, I believe all Christians should speak in tongues, but that's one aspect of it. But actually, you'll see like in Acts 19, says they began to speak with tongues and prophesy. Acts 10 says they began to speak with tongues and magnify God. And that magnifying God there is not referring to just something they were doing out of their head. If you look at the context of it, it was a direct effect or result of being spirit-filled, began to rise up out of their hearts songs that were magnifying the Lord, exactly like he describes you in Ephesians 5. Singing songs. What am I trying to show you? Part of the spirit-filled life should be words coming out of your mouth that are being inspired by the Holy Spirit, whether it's in tongues or whether it's in a known language. We've not, we've not got a hold of this much. What does he say here in this one? Let's read Ephesians 5 again, verse 18. Um, verse 18, uh, just the last phrase of verse 18, be filled with the Spirit. And then what's going to happen when you're filled with the Spirit? Speaking, or yours says singing, but mine says speaking, speaking to one another. Now, I believe it's the old King James says speaking to yourself. So some translations might say speaking to yourself. Some It's just got to do with the way they've translated the words. But the important thing is speaking or singing. Speaking to yourself or to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Again, your translation might translate some of the words differently, but psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs are what my translation says there. Now, when you look at these and you look up the original word, you'll find that these, some of these refer to something that is sung, a, a song being sung, but it's not. Re, these are not referring to songs from the song sheet or the hymn book. These are a direct result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. These are songs rising up on the inside of you. But the, the original language, some of these refer to things that are sung. Some of the words in here refer to almost a, 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 a poem or a poetic uh, a poem that is recited. Recited, that's the word. Again, it's not a poem you wrote, poem you wrote earlier. One, one person, I think it was Howard Carter many years ago, referred to prophecy as the poetry of the Spirit. Where's this coming from? It's rising up in your heart. Someone says, well, I wasn't very good at poetry when I was at school, so this doesn't apply to me. Now, this has got nothing to do with what you learned at school in your intellect. This, this, is, this is the rising up in your, in your spirit. Should this be happening? Should each one of us be experiencing this? 
Many Christians never, are never stepping into this. One, one is because we just don't hear about it. We're not that confident in it. But you know what? If you, if you look down into your heart on the inside and if you'll tap into this, you'll find out that, that this, the, 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 these things are ready to bubble up on the inside of you. And you can tap into the flow of these. Even in your own prayer life. How many of you know sometimes you might have a song on your heart that you know? How many of you ever had that just some days you got a song in your mind that, that like some that you heard singing? Yeah? Well, if you can have a song on your mind, what makes you think you can't have a song in your heart? And sometimes God might, might rise up a song that you already know. You might do that. But you know what? There's also songs you don't know. And someone says, well, I don't, I don't see the point of this. Why bother with this? I'm quite happy with my Christian life. I don't need to sing songs unto the Lord. Because... First of all, there's a blessing on different, there's different aspects of blessing. That's what I tried to say earlier. When, when there's a healing anointing, you get, there's a particular type of blessing. When there's, a, there's an anointing of joy, there's a particular blessing from the Lord in that. When, when there's an anointing of peace taking place, there's a particular blessing from the Lord in that. Well, when, by, not act, by not stepping into this kind of thing in our lives, we're missing out on an area of blessing in our lives. Okay? So that's one thing. We, if God shows us this is part of the spirit-filled life, then we should say, Lord, hold on, I want to tap into that. Yeah. Yeah. A little hum on your heart. Yeah. Yes. Peace, yeah. That's right. And there's a beautiful anointing in it. There's a beautiful anointing when, you, when we tap into these things. But, you know, some of these things sometimes take a little bit of step of faith to respond to. And you can get in a comfort zone where you don't respond to them. And, and you don't just have to be in a church meeting. Some of these can happen in your own prayer life. You know, praying, praying isn't just me praying out of my head, you can tap into a flow of the Holy Spirit in your prayer life and you can begin to sing, sing songs unto the Lord. And you'll find at times you can tap into anointings and the Holy Spirit will rise in, up inside of you and he'll give you even, 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 even psalms. And some of them may, may be poetic, some of them might not. Someone says, well, what if I sing it out of tune and it's got no poetry to it at all? Just then don't worry about it. You're learning, we're growing. You've got to learn in these things and grow, yeah? Step out somewhere. You know what? I've even had times when I've been sing praying in tongues. This, this, this is this is this was an interesting. I've had this happen to me quite a few times. You know what? I've been praying in tongues sometimes, and when I'm hearing myself praying in tongues, I can hear the tongues is being spoken like a poem, and it's and there's a rhyme to it, and I, I can hear lines rhyming, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> Anyone ever had that one? I've had that quite a few times. And I'm like, that's, 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 that's like a poetry coming out. It's coming out in tongues. And I can hear the rhyme in tongues of, of two lines rhyming together. And then, and then it keeps going. And I'm like, wow, you know what? God, these are things that God, we can flow in. And it can happen in your, your known tongue. But who's this for? Is this just for some Christians? It's for all of us. It's for all of us Speak, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Should there be a song on your heart because you're spirit-filled? And there might be days that, you know, our emotions go up and down. But if you look in your spirit, there's a melody in a heart. 
a melody and a song on your heart coming from the Lord. And, and the hum, like you said. Yeah. Exactly. There is a contrast, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And that's why he starts off with that phrase, drunk, do not be drunk with wine. You know, and I don't want to go into being drunk with the spirit and different things people have said, but but how many you know, I, I, how many of you ever have you ever been on a train? And at late at night, I, I, I've done quite a few times coming home from meetings when I didn't have a car and I was at the, on a train going home at like 12 or 1 o'clock. And I just happened to be, you know, like, like for example, I was coming from the Manchester direction going into the Midlands. And I'm like, oh, no, I've caught the, the, cl- the crowd coming out of the clubs. Or I've caught, caught the crowd coming out of the football game. And I'm like, there's going to be a packed train. And I'm tired after a meeting. And suddenly, on the end of the train, you hear, way, 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 and they begin to sing a song, and the whole carriage breaks out. Have you ever been there? Well, they, they're drunk. Would those people act that way themselves? Half the time, they wouldn't. They, if, they were, if they were sober, they'd probably all sit there, maybe talk quietly. But suddenly, you know, and I've had times the whole carriage is singing a song, of, and I'm like, oh, man, I just wanted a quiet night to go home. I'm so tired after my meeting. And you can't move, it's packed because you've got the club crowd. And then this song, this group over there singing a song, and you can you can hear it's all because they're drunk. Why why do you think in this passage exactly what Mark said? He talks about do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit, singing a song unto the Lord. Why? Because it's the same. In that sense, just that effect of the, the natural drunkenness where people begin to sing unto the Lord. Uh, it's sing naturally and ramble on football songs and all kinds of things. But he begins to say, that effect of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you will put a song in your heart. And there's a singing unto the Lord. You, and this isn't just something you do when you're amongst other Christians. You can do this in your own prayer life. I've found this, when you respond to certain Things that God shows you are available. There are certain anointings and blessings that go with those things. And you can, you can tap into an anointing in your own prayer life and, and, and begin to flow. And, it, when, and these are forms of prophecy. Now, it doesn't mean you're predicting the future. And I've tried to say that before. Prophecy is not always predicting the future. Yeah? In fact, quickly, quickly go to uh, the book of Luke. Let me give you some illustrations. Now, we, we, I, I'm, not, I'm not covering everything there is today about songs, hymn, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs because we're gonna, we're gonna. We're, this is a series. I'm just doing a little bit at a time. Is that with you? Is that all right with you? But, but, but it's important for us to realize that actually there's a flow of the spirit in this that we need to, to tap into. We need to begin to see it in the wind. Begin to say, Lord, I, I, I want to be able to flow in this. And you know what? You can do this in your own individual prayer lives. There could be times you can just be praying and, and, and begin to sing. <clears throat> you can verbalize the prayer, but you might begin to just sing, sing a little bit. And it might be, you might start with a song you know, and then you might just get, come to the end of the verse and just keep singing a new song unto the Lord. 
And the Holy Spirit will help you with that. Some of you might say, well, am I just singing it out of my head or out of my heart? I'm like, hey, if it's words of praise and worship to the Lord, you know, just even if it's coming out of your head, that's a good starting place because it's praise unto the Lord. But if you'll begin to say, I want to tap into this and let your mouth be used by the Holy Spirit, you'll find the Holy Spirit will connect in with you. And you can, you'll suddenly tap into some anointings. Smith Wigglesworth said, sometimes you have to just step, take a step out by faith in the natural, and then God will meet you on these things. Sometimes you've got to do that even with singing. And begin to say, Lord, I want to learn how to sing in the Spirit. And I'm just going to begin to sing a song. I, I don't even know, Lord, if I'm singing it out of my heart or out of my head, but I'm just going to sing a song of worship unto the Lord that I'm making up on the spot. Yeah? I believe the Holy Spirit will connect with you that you, you, you don't have to say, thus saith the Lord, thou shalt move to China for it to be a prophecy. Okay. Let's look at in, 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 in Luke chapter one. Let me give you a couple of illustrations of some prophetic things. Luke chapter one, verse 41. There's a few prophecies in this chapter that came out of, um, Elizabeth, who was John, uh, John, Elizabeth was John the Baptist's mother, and Mary, yeah? Notice this, uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 41. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And el notice this phrase, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. You see that phrase? Notice the next verse, the very next verse. What does it say? Then she spoke out. See the connection there? How many of you believe faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? Faith for healing comes by hearing the word of God and healing. Faith for, faith for salvation comes by hearing the gospel of salvation preached. Well, faith to be used by the Holy Spirit with your words comes by seeing these things in the word. Over and over again, filled with the spirit speaking. Should, should, there, should there be things coming out of your mouth that are a direct consequence and result of you being filled with the Holy Spirit? Tongues is one of those things, but it's not the only. You can speak things in your own language too. Notice this. So Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit. Then she spoke out. Something started coming out of her mouth. And here it says with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. What's she doing here? Someone says, oh, that's just her greeting. If you, if you think that, then you've naturally minded in your reading, reading of the Bible. This is, this is something that rose up in her heart. What is she, who's she, who's she speaking to? She's speaking to Mary. G, you know, you know, Mary, Jesus' mother. <laughs> this is John the Baptist's mother and Mary's mother. And, and the, the babe on the inside of her rises up and, and the spirit of the Lord comes upon her. What does she do? Blessed among you, O woman, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. That's not words she's speaking out of her head. There's an, there's an anointing of that. That's prophetic. That was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And she released words of blessing over Mary and Jesus. As a direct result, this is not prophecy. I mean, sorry, this is prophecy, but it's not predicting the future, is it? These are words that rose up out of her heart. She's, sometimes the Spirit of God might just anoint you and inspire you to speak a word of encouragement to someone and the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you'll say a word to them and they need to hear that word right then. Okay? But now notice this. Verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord 
And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Now, do you see, in many Bibles, this is almost written like poet, poetical verses, not written like normal verses. Is it in your Bible? What's happening here? Mary begins to speak as well, doesn't she? And you know what? This isn't a planned speech she planned the day before. What's happening here? These two women, as the, an anointing of God comes upon the two of them, and they begin to speak out prophetically. It starts off with Elizabeth. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Those are words that rise, rose up from the inside of her in her spirit. And then because there was a, that anointing was present, now Mary begins to do it back. <laughs> and she begins to speak out, my soul does magnify the Lord. Is she, is she speak, predicting the future? No. She, but this is prophecy. She's speaking out by an inspired utterance of prophetic utterance. This isn't the speech she planned the day before. What is prophecy? Prophecy is inspired at the moment. The Holy Spirit's giving you the words right there and then. It's not a planned speech. Do you see what I'm saying? And this is exactly what begins to happen. Here. She begins to, and then she speaks some things out. Now, go down to, go down to verse 67. 67. It says, now his father, Zacharias, now notice this phrase again, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied saying. You see that? So what, happened, what, what is one of the things that will happen to a person when they are truly walking in the Spirit-filled life? In fact, the word's coming out of their mouth. Will, will, inspire, will words inspired by the Holy Spirit come out of your mouth when you're filled with the Holy Spirit? Someone says, well, I don't really, I've never had that happen. Well, let the Word of God build faith in you. Begin to realize, I'm a, I, I've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. There's words that might, there are words that might have been trying to come up in there for the last 20 years, and you just, be, you just won't let them come up because you've got a cap on top of those words, and, you've, and you say, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. I'm not a good singer. I can't speak. And the Spirit of God is trying to, trying to get you to do this because there's an anointing, a blessing. Do you know that when Elizabeth spoke that out, Mary got blessed? And then the anointing came upon Mary and she began to sing out and speak out or sing out a song of prophecy back. And the two of them got touched by God. <laughs> we, these are the kind of things we can step into as well. Now notice that Zechariah Zacharias begins to do this. Now his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied saying. Now here it even uses the word prophesied. Now, if you look through what he said, I won't read the whole thing. He, there's no real predicting the future in what he said. And someone says, oh, but there are things he said about what the child's going to do. Actually, if you look at it quote closely, he's quoting Old Testament scriptures. So the prediction is in the, the quote of the scripture, but it doesn't mean he's predicting the future. But as part of his prophecy, the Holy Spirit begins to inspire scriptures out of his heart. He begins to speak scriptures and, and, and with some other added phrases in the middle. <clears throat> I won't read the whole thing, but does it make sense what I'm saying? So one of the things, when you're speaking by inspired utterance, you'll find that God puts scriptures in there. There might be quotes of the word inside of there. But he says, verse 68, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. 
and he begins to speak this out. This is prophecy. These are words inspired by the Holy Spirit. Well, these are the kind of things that God wants us to begin to flow to, to flow in. Now, let's go, let's go to let's go to 1 Corinthians and we'll end on this. This is a simple message today, but it, it's simple but important because I want us to begin to realize that there's an anointing in this. There's a blessing from the Holy Spirit. There's a flow of the Holy Spirit in this if we'll tap into it. And some people, some people just think prophecy is all about going and giving someone, thus saith the Lord, thou shalt move to China, words. That's, that's another thing entirely. This is, this is just very often psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs might be just songs sung that are sung and praise unto the Lord. They might not contain any prediction at all, but it's still a prophecy. Now, it might contain some revelation and might contain some things, but it doesn't have to. I'm not saying it won't, but I'm saying it doesn't have to. Does it make sense? Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. But why am I teaching on this? Because, because there's more in this area that we haven't tapped into. And because we haven't tapped into it, we're missing out on some anointings that God's got for our meetings and got for our lives. In your own individual lives, God, God can use this to encourage you. God can use this to touch your life. God can use this to, to even get your, your prayer life into a flow of his river. But even in our meetings, corporately, we can have a flow of the Holy Spirit if we will each begin to respond to this. But sometimes we're so used to just, just going with the, the sung words that, that are on the song. And then, you know, once the song that we're singing comes to the end, then, then I don't really know what to sing. So I'll just go quiet and listen to everyone else. And I'm not saying that critically. I'm just, that's just the point. That's often what you see. People are like, well, I don't know what to sing now. Actually, sometimes, sometimes we, need to, we need to open our mouths and sing songs unto the Lord. That are words. That, and you can do it corporately. The whole group of us, we can just be singing our songs unto the Lord. And what you'll find if we'll begin to respond to that uh, is that the anointing of God will manifest in that kind of environment. Because you, you're now outside of the realm. Now, do you realize... Song, I, I'm pointing there, but, but it's the screen's off, but, but that's to relate to. Songs that we know the words of, that someone else rang, that someone else wrote, there can be anointed songs. Those can have an anointing on them, you realize? How many of you know some songs seem a bit more anointed than others? Okay? But you know that some of the songs we sing came to the original writer by a spirit of prophecy. Now, some songs they might have written intellectually, they might have written themselves and they figured out what words go together and stuff like that and wrote a song intellectually and it can be very polished and it can be very, it can sound like it's the best Christian song ever written and yet when you sing it, there's no anointing on it because it's all intellectual. It can have the greatest organized music to it and all kinds of things, but it's all out of their heads. And then you'll have some song which the person, person just this, the Lord gave it to that the, the music artist just by the Spirit of the Lord. And then they just put some music to it and released it. And, and, and there's just an anointing of God on it. Have you ever experienced songs like that? And some of the, many of the songs we sing came by prophecy. So they, there can be an anointing on those songs. But actually, there is another level of anointing if we will step into this ourselves and not just rely on the words of the known songs. 
And there's a, there's a flow we can step into. Now let's read 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. It says this, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. Now, let's just pause here for a moment and clarify a few things. 1 Corinthians 14, he is talking, the primary things he's talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 are tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. This chapter is primarily, largely about those three things. And he's comparing, he's saying, when, you know, when you sing in tongues, no one understands you, yeah? Unless God supernaturally by sign opens people's ears, but that is a specific sign. <clears throat> right? And so when he refers to understanding or singing or speaking with understanding, he's not, ref in this chapter, he's not referring to things your head made up. When he refers to speaking with your understanding, he's referring to prophecy. Because this chapter is about tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. So we've got to read it in context. So when he talks about something being understood in this chapter, he's, he's saying, look, let me put it this way. He's saying, I will sing, I will pray with the Spirit. And, and in other words, tongues, by what he's just said. I will pray in tongues. How many, how many of you can pray in tongues? Yes? Can, you, can we pray in tongues? And then he says, I will, I will pray with the Spirit, or pray in tongues, and I will also pray with the understanding. Now, he's not talking about words like, like someone said, oh, you know, you know, my prayer list, my head. He's talking about a place where words, just like words, those words in tongues coming out of your mouth are inspired by the Holy Spirit, are they not? He gave you the utterance. But he's talking about a place where words in a language you know, for us English, that the Holy Spirit has inspired that you understand what you're saying are also coming out of your mouth. And as I'll, in my prayer life, I will pray in tongues, and I will pray by prophetic utterance that the Holy Spirit is inspired, and I'll speak out words in a language I know. You see what I'm saying? Understanding here is referring to pro prophetic words, prophecies, just like the things I read a moment ago that Zechariah did, and Elizabeth did, and Mary did, and we can give you other examples. Then he says this, I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. Or I will sing in tongues. How many ever sung in tongues? We did a little bit of in worship today. Can you sing in tongues? Someone says, oh, you hit the wrong note. Hey, that's what I said. Don't worry about it. This isn't a recording studio. Okay, can, now how many of you know when you sing in tongues, how many of you have ever sensed singing in tongues that there's like a blessing from the Lord sometimes in there, especially when you've got a corporate environment? 
Now, the problem is sometimes, sometimes they can be singing in tongues. And what happens in a corporate environment is people don't participate. They don't join in because, oh, I don't feel like doing that now. And you see, this is, this is, that's like being a rock in the river. <laughs> you got to realize when, when this begins to happen, uh, we, can, we can become a corporate unit that begins to flow with the Spirit of God. And, and the Spirit of God begins to inspire our tongues coming out. And we, as a corporate group, our voices raise up to the Lord, singing unto the Lord in tongues. It can be a beautiful, almost like the Holy Spirit is the conductor conducting the orchestra. But then he says this, and I will sing how? I'll sing with the Spirit, and how else? I'll sing with the understanding. Now again, understanding there is not just out of your head. This is prophet. He's not just saying sing a song that, that, that's up on the screen or in the hymn book. He's talking about words, uh, words that are inspired by the Holy Spirit. Is he saying you can do this? He's saying, I will, I will, I will. I can do this. What's he trying to teach us? He's trying to teach us as a body to learn how to, to, to sing songs unto the Lord. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And start simple. You don't have to, you don't have to, you, you know, I mean, guys, the song you sing out of your song does not have to be the next greatest worship song in the body of Christ across the planet, okay? <laughs> you don't oh, you know, it's not going to, it's not being recorded. We're not going to release it. We're not going to put it in a music book and scare it. I mean, if you know, if it's amazing, maybe we'll sing it again. But just have enough confidence to sing out of your heart. What did he say in Ephesians? Singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. You can do this in your own individual prayer life. We've become limited in our prayer life to it just being speaking. Or maybe I'll put a worship song on, sing a song that I know. You know, there's a place where you just begin to, I will sing a new song to the Lord my God. I will lift my voice to the King. For He is my Savior, my Redeemer, and my Lord. He is the one who has set me free. I will lift my voice to the King. I will lift my heart unto my King, my Savior, my Redeemer, my Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, you are worthy. Your name is higher than any other name. Magnify the Lord, my God. I magnify you. I honor you and I worship you, oh Lord. Now, was that complicated? Does it have to be complicated? Someone says, I'm not that confident doing that. No, don't worry about it. You start somewhere. Do you know that, do you know that each of us can do that? Is that good? But you know what? If you'll take steps of faith of being saying, Lord, you said in your word, I can sing songs unto the Lord. <coughs> you know what will happen? You'll start to get more comfortable in this. You'll start to yield more. You're, you'll start to let the Holy Spirit use you more in this. And this can become a, a doorway into him using you more in the realm of prophecy even. in, in greater, And you'll find some, if you begin to yield to it more, sometimes suddenly there'll be a rhyme to it. And you think, oh, wow, I didn't, how did those words rhyme? And you know, you'll get better at this. Sometimes, sometimes flowing with the Holy Spirit, 
the reason we're not that great at it is because it's us getting used to flowing and tapping into things. But if you'll take some steps to do it and be confident to do it, you'll, you'll get more experienced at it. You'll get better at it. But you know what? There's a beautiful anointing on those kind of things when we do it. And this is why even in worship, when, we, when we're doing worship in the church and in between songs, and, we, and, and, and maybe, maybe I'll begin to sing unto the Lord. Don't go quiet. Don't just sit there and think, oh, we're just going to. Unless the Lord's speaking to some things. But sometimes people just go quiet. That's your, that's your chance to now begin to sing. it, And let's begin to have an amazing, beautiful flow of the Holy Spirit. I've been in churches where, where sometimes that, that it seems like it goes on for an hour. You don't need another song. The Holy Spirit just begins to, you tap into a river and a flow, and the Holy Spirit's anointing just begins to, no one wants to sing. We just want to keep singing, and we'll, we might go, we'll sing in tongues for a while, and then we'll flow, and we'll go back into English, and we'll sing back into tongues again, and there can be an amazing and spirit anointing of prophecy in there. And you know what? In that kind of environment, people are touched and blessed by the Holy Spirit in some areas. But just as we close, why don't, why don't we just take a moment? Let's just even stand or sing and sit and sing. But let's just let's just start in tongues.